WPC Smash, where wrestling and pop culture smash together. We are your hosts. I am Mike Moran. And I am Ian Wilson. We love wrestling. And you love wrestling. So let's smash the start button on today's podcast. All right, all right. Welcome to WPC Smash. What up? I am Ian Wilson. And my other co-host right here. Mike Moran, what's going on, everybody? Yes, sir. We got a full episode today. Lots of news. Lots of, uh, you know, it's the fall time. So, you know, everything's kicking off. Sports are kicking off. TV's kicking off. Wrestling's doing its thing. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah. And, uh, man, we got an action-packed uh, show for you. So let's start it off like we always do, brother. What made you happy lately? Let's do it. All right, well, to kind of stem off of what you just said, that's actually one of the main things that has made me happy lately, the new fall TV lineup. A lot of shows are either premiering or a lot of shows are doing their new season. So we got The Simpsons, Bob's Burgers, Family Guy, Superstore, Last Man Standing, which has been revived, and now it's on Fox after they got uh, canned from ABC or wherever they were on. Yep. The Goldbergs. Um, Total Divas is back. Yep. South Park. Yeah, South Park, dude. I feel like South Park's so far, like, uh, when one season ends, it feels like forever before the next one starts, even though it's like comes every year and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just feels like a long time because a lot of shows will do like 12 episodes break, 12 episodes yep. break. So it's like um, – but South Park doesn't really do that. It's just like, bam, here's the season. Now yeah. you got to wait eight months for the rest, you know, for next year. Yep. And they used to do it that way where they'd split. they do like eight episodes split for, for like the winter from Christmas to March or whatever and then another eight episodes. But now – they just do 10 episodes once a year. Boom. Like September, October, here they are. Fall time's the best time for TV, man. Especially, you know, I, I watch The Simpsons every week and Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers and Family Guy and uh, all that stuff. So it's a great time of year for TV for sure. Lots of stuff you can check out. I mean, you just fired off probably 12 shows that uh, you guys out there can check out if you're looking for something to watch. And as always, Netflix is putting out stuff you can binge watch. And to be honest, like I've watched a few like original movies or shows from Netflix lately, and they're all good. Like everything yeah. Netflix and Amazon's putting out, and YouTube, like yeah. everything's good right now, dude. Uh, I never, and I'm not really a complainer in the first place, but Everything I watch, I'm like, man, that's all right. Like, maybe that's not my jam and I won't, like, watch the next season. But, like, yeah, I watched the whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, right. wanted, I wanted to see what happened. So they got me, you know. Um, you were invested in the product. Yeah, man. TV's sure. been kick-ass. And, and I really – I think that, uh, like, being able to binge watch things is the wave of the future. You know, like, uh, the way a Netflix series will come out and you can watch all 12 Everything, episodes. Right. Yep. I really think that – waiting week to week you kind of forget things especially if you're watching so so many shows like you Mm -hmm. just talked about like you forget what's going on because there's different shows and everything's pretty similar you know there's not you know a lot of the shows that we watch you know you're not like watching one home and gardening show and one comedy (laughs) sitcom you're watching you know eight comedy sitcoms you know because that's that's what you're into and stuff like that and uh 
you kind of forget what what's going on where until like you're into it for a few minutes, and I I like just slamming through it, dude. Binge watching for me is uh, bang, bang boom, that's right. Yeah, the way to go. And uh, last season of Big Bang Theory is going on right now, right? That's yeah. kind of a big deal. That's been the biggest show on TV for what eleven years now? Eleven years, I believe. I I know it was the top rated comedy on TV for many years i don't i couldn't even tell you how many but it's quite a few mm-hmm. and that's kind of a big deal yeah that's a huge deal actually because usually comedy shows come and go um but big bang theory has been holding strong the whole time but this is it they're you know rallying the troops and slamming out the last season and mm-hmm. uh you know i'm gonna be kind of bummed when i don't get to watch it anymore because I'm, I'm a fan yeah and they're like wrapping up some the story if you will like you're gonna see uh, hopefully, you know, like where everyone goes from here. Yep, yeah. Because that, that's the last you're going to see of them. It's a Spe- big show. Speaking of other big shows, um, the Roseanne spinoff debuts soon. Oh, it's yeah. It's called The Connors. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty much killing off Roseanne, and everyone else on the show is going to have their jobs back, and it's going to be Roseanne without Roseanne. It's called The Connors. That's kind of weird. I didn't even know that. I, yeah. I mean, I know, like, the whole big Roseanne controversy, and we won't, like, get into bs politics and yeah. like political correctness on this show but uh but that's what they're doing that seems kind of weird yeah they obviously had already invested all the money and paid everybody all their contract money so yeah. they got they gotta if you know they probably don't want to shut it down and still uh send out everybody their paychecks so right they'll be making a lot of money either way because some people are gonna at least check out one or two episodes to see how it is without her i will you know I yeah. will. I'm interested to Most see that. how they explain that she's not on the show. Oh, I can tell you that right now if you want. Uh, yeah, sure. She uh, dies of an opioid addiction. No way. An overdose, yep. No way. Yeah. That's kind of... John Goodman said it in an interview. That's kind of crazy. Holy crap. Because they already were like dabbling in the fact that she was addicted to her medication and shit. Yeah. So that's that's how they're going to do it. What? Oh yep. my God, that's awful, dude. And then, <laughs> oh, uh, man. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is back. I've been watching that one. Oh, that's cool. Um, I think recently released on Netflix. And uh, like you said, um, it's not like the greatest show, but I'm gonna watch it for some chuckles. Is Big Mouth season two? I think it's a good show. Yeah. I laugh my ass off when I watch that show. Yeah, season two. Yeah, my wife's like, "What is this?" But I'm like, "Oh, this <laughs> is ridiculous. great." I'm like, yeah. "This is great." For sure. Um, another show I've been watching, Paradise PD. Yeah, I've been. Um, I, I again, I, I tinkered into it. Like yeah, it's, it's not so, bad. It's not good. I just. I think it's good, man. It's so over the top that I'm like, oh, this is what fam- uh, Family Guy used to be like to me. Yeah. But it's like that next level. Like, oh, Family Guy can take it up a level from Simpsons. Well, we can do better, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they just take it up to another level. Absolutely. Um, what's the other show I've been watching? Bill Burr's show. F is for family. Oh, sure. Yep. Oh, dude. I think that's funny as hell, too. Dude. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of options to be watching uh, being a couch potato. Yeah. And speaking of which, I mean, it's that time of year. Football, baby. Yeah. And, and, and speaking of that, one thing that makes me happy is Julian Edelman is back on the field producing he, for the team. Absolutely, and, man. He looked great. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, you know, the past two weeks, the Patriots have turned around. It looks like they're getting their rhythm. Which is awesome. That makes me very happy. Yeah, rhythm's important to uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots and being comfortable and everybody knowing their job. Obviously, Tom knows what he's doing, but if everybody else around him doesn't really 
know what Tom's thinking, mm-hmm. then they're not going to react accordingly. And I think as the season goes on, that's only going to get better. Um, defenses looked a little soft, but they played great the last two weeks. So we'll see what happens. Yep. They need the defense needs to get to the quarterback in New England. We can't let our corners um, do all the work, right? Because they're going to get beat here and there, just like mm-hmm. any corner, you know. But uh, people get tired. Yeah, it's it's looking good, man. And the Bruins are kicked off uh, this week. First game was a little rough, but the second game was a win. Third game's tomorrow, so fired up to see, you know, what we can do this year. We've always had a a solid team the last five years that's really streaky, especially with Rass between the pipes. Um, Guy's super hit or miss, but he makes a lot of money, so he really needs to turn it on for the Bruins. Celtics are, you know, most of the way through preseason, so they'll kick mm-hmm. it off soon. All together. Yep. Kyrie Irving decided, uh, you know, announced that he's going to re-sign with the Celtics, so that's a huge deal for us. We don't have to live with, you know, what's going to go on with that the whole year and the question marks and all that kind of bull crap. He can just get down to playing basketball and winning championships for the boys. I think uh, the Celtics are the favorite in the East. Yeah, and what a great – place to do the announcement i saw he did it at like a fan q a yeah like that's the question that you want answered (laughs) if you're at that and he didn't hold back yeah you ask him a question that you think he's gonna bs around and oh i'm here to play basketball and uh this year we'll talk about that stuff next year and get kind of the bs uh you know politically correct answers that you gotta get for those type of questions uh from professional sports and uh yeah, dude, they, he gave the fans what they wanted to hear, and yeah. it was great. I was super stoked to hear all that. Um, college basketball and football's going on. Notre Dame's playing strong. I'm a big Notre Dame fan, and uh, I I just love to see him playing good and moving up in the rankings. All kinds of controversy with Adidas playing paying players uh, for college ball right now, so that's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. in sports. Um, Adidas, you're in big trouble. <laughs> you are in big trouble. Uh, you so, have done that. Yeah, absolutely not. Nike's like laughing their asses <laughs> off <laughs> right now. And uh, Under Armour is like, ooh, we're about to move up to number two, baby. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, dude, lots of cool stuff going on right now. Perfect time of the year to be sitting in front of the boob tube, you know, with that fall lineup and uh, sports kicking off. Can't complain about what's going on in the TV right now. Yeah. So with that being said, what's made you happy? Well, dude, I I mean, quite a few things have made me happy. I mean, first off, video game-wise, um, Black Ops 4 is going to come out next week. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, super stoked for that. Call of Duty. Um, big fan of it. I know uh, everybody's a Fortnite guys these days, but I'm still a Call of Duty guy. I wait for it every year to come out. And uh, I'm super stoked to play it. It looks really cool. I got to play a little bit of beta action. And, you know, even though it was uh, the new blackout mode, which I totally enjoyed, mm-hmm. I still want to jump into some multiplayer with the homies and, uh, and you know, throw the headsets on and, and just run around wild like we do, dude. And uh, so I'm stoked for Call of Duty, man. Black Ops 4 looks great, feels great, plays great. And the fact that they got the uh, Blackout uh, Battle Royale mode basically um, really puts you in a spot where you don't have to jump into multiplayer by yourself if nobody yeah, else is absolutely. on. absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Something to do when the homies aren't around. Yep, absolutely, man. And it's I think it's you know cooler than Fortnite because you don't have to like build stuff to jump around. You're just like <laughs> you're playing Call of Duty, but with that Battle Royale mode that's so popular right yep. now. So I'm super stoked for that. 
Um, sticking with the video games, uh, we got a couple of announcements. Um, the Neo, well, this came out a little while ago, but the Neo Geo Mini is about to come out. So all the reviews are hitting YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of uh, Neo Geo in the first place. They got a lot of good games that are super underrated. Um, everybody likes Metal Slug. So the fact that uh, they came out with a basically a portable home arcade machine, it's small, kind of like the little Pac-Man machines you would see in yep. like Walmart or whatever. But this basically has, um, you know, 40 Neo Geo games, full color, you know, crisp controls. It looks really great. It can hook up to your TV uh, via an HDMI cable. So that's super cool. You can hook up a controller to it if you want to. So you could basically, you know, go controller to Neo Geo Mini to TV and be playing these 40 games just Sweet. like that on your TV. Um, quality looks great. Um it got a lot of weird reviews uh, where people really aren't into it, mostly because of some small things. Uh, they didn't put any power block in it, you know, which is basically the square you get with everything that's uh, electronic these days. So you can, mm-hmm. you know, charge it. And the fact that it doesn't have an internal battery, which is kind of a huge, you know, non-selling point. For me, you know, that's the reason I'm not going to get it right off the bat. It has to be plugged in for you to use it. There's no rechargeable battery. And it really, in my opinion, should be one of those things that you could bring in the car with you or whatever. Take it out on the back porch. And you can't do that with it right now the way it is set up. So that really bummed me out. And uh, that's why it's getting some of those crappy reviews online but the gameplay is great the the little mini arcade system's great it's just these small things that they should have thought about you know yeah. no internal battery and no charge block but um Gotta cut cut some costs i yeah, guess yeah you know the for production or something something man it's it looks really cool and you're getting the 40 games so maybe if it comes down in price on black friday or something i'll yeah. scoop it up or if it really is a bomb you know and they bring down the prices i'll snag one up a little bit cheaper but at the hundred dollar price point you know without me being able to really take it with me you know i'm not gonna sit at my kitchen table and play this thing while it's plugged into the wall yeah you know, it's not that's not what it's for in my opinion but um so i i mean it's cool i'm interested to see it when it comes out it's still on pre-order got like a few more weeks till you can actually right. get your hands on one but i'm interested to see it and uh you know speaking of announcements for mini machines why don't you uh let people know uh what playstation announced oh yeah so PlayStation announced a PlayStation Classic. They're going to join the herd and put out a, a smaller scale PlayStation system. Huge market for these mini consoles yeah. right now. I mean, I'm buying sure. them. You're buying them. Yeah. A lot of people are buying, I'm buying them. them. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. I got this one pre ordered. That's what I liked about this one. You could pre order them and it wasn't like a hassle where the internet was breaking down yeah. like for the Nintendos. Um, high price point at $100. Um, rumored. Oh, not rumored. I guess confirmed to have 20 games, but they only announced five. I thought that was kind of weird. You want people to pay 100 bucks right off the bat, but you're only going to tell them five of the games that are on it. I'm sure the other 15 games are going to be great. Yeah. But weird to be like, all right, the pre-orders are open, but these are only five of the 20 games you're going to get. Yeah. So you're paying 100 bucks and not really knowing what you're going to get. Right. There's always the cancel that pre-order button. That's true. Be, but That's true. 
like thought that was a weird thing. Maybe yeah, they don't definitely. know. Maybe they're not sure what they're all going to be. Yeah, maybe they're still trying to fight some licensing or something for some of the games. You, you do never know. True. Um, but Tekken 3 is on there, and I love that game. Yeah, like, that's a great There's so game. many different modes on that game, too. Like I think there was a volleyball mode. Yeah. Super fun. Great um, game. And Final Fantasy 7, those two right there were like my selling points. Because truth be told, I never really sat down and played through Final Fantasy 7. And I think this could be my time. Classic you know? game. Um, one thing I thought was a little weird is they didn't give analog controllers. Yep. Um, and that the controllers were corded. Yeah, you know? I don't like that. But I'm hoping that they're smart enough to maybe you can hook up your ps4 ps3 controllers to it or that'd be great you know they'll market an aftermarket controller then if that's the route i gotta go for a wireless in my house we need wireless with the kids now so yeah um what do you think about the n64 classic which is inevitably going to come out you think that playstation kind of set the price point at 100 bucks and that's Mm -hmm. that's what it's going to be now yep 100 bucks 20 games that sounds about right you know, I mean, I don't know what goes into RAM and, and memory for these caliber games, but sure. I mean, on paper, you gotta look at it. An eight-bit and sixteen-bit game is a lot different than a sixty-four-bit game. And True. when PlayStation and N sixty-four came out, like the game started getting way more in depth. Oh and, yeah, and, and like longer, way longer. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. It's not like Galaga where when you lose, it's over. Yeah, you know? and uh, and that's it. Yeah, man, that's a. Uh, super big announcement dude like yeah. these mini consoles are taking over playstation's the first to get to that 64-bit level and they kind of set the standard 100 bucks 20 games i think that's uh you know inevitably what we're gonna get out and of reasonable for classic i think it's fine they've gone up 20 bucks each time they've come out i don't think there's any reason to assume that they would get more than 100 bucks because then i think you're kind of just getting into like a real system yeah if you get Let's much go buy a switch that. yeah like <laughs> you know yeah you know um so i think that's kind of got where they got to draw the line but they're giving you the two controllers mm-hmm. obviously it takes a lot more hardware like you mentioned to play and run and save these these you know much bigger higher quality games so I, I'm I'm down with that. Um, the analog controller thing and the wired controller, like you said, was weird. Yeah, because um, that eliminates some games like Ape Escape. Yeah, huge PlayStation huge game. Huge fun. But, and yep. that was a big selling point for those analog controllers because you needed those for that game. And obviously, womp, womp, yeah. it's not going to happen on the Classic. Another thing that I thought was a little wild is uh, the day that PlayStation uh, announced the PlayStation Classic, where there was uh, something else going on in the video game world, and that was the uh, launch of Nintendo Online. Yeah. So I think uh, PlayStation tried to steal a little bit of Nintendo's thunder there by announcing it on the same day, trying to get people amped up about of PlayStation. Of course. You know, the marketing battle goes on. We're 30, here too, yo. We're here. 30 years later, they're still going at each other's throats, and, and uh, so I think that's kind of wild. I... Got play Nintendo Online as I know you did too. Yep. I think it's cool. Um, good price point, twenty bucks for a year. Yeah, uh, which was much cheaper than you know PlayStation's offering for the PlayStation Four mm-hmm. or you know Xbox Live is. Right. You're also getting a bunch of classic games. I was kind of bummed that quite a few of the games were already on the NES Classic. Yeah. Uh, because I mean Nintendo knows its market. When you're a Nintendo fan, you're going to buy everything Nintendo. 
Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who has a Switch most likely has an NES Classic. Not everybody, I get it, but a lot of people. So I like that they switched up some of the games. I would have liked to see more of them be switched up just uh, to kind of market it a little more to somebody who already has an NES Classic because really all it does is, you know, let you play some games online. Which is your, pretty cool. With your buddies, which is pretty cool for 20, but everybody else is already doing that. So you got to like, I get that they had to amp it up, but... I don't know, maybe something exclu- something that they totally hadn't done. And they did a few of those, like, little NES games that, you know, they hadn't given us already. But they were, like, hockey and pro wrestling and, like, yeah, it wasn't anything that you're super amped about. Like, oh, my God, I, can't, I haven't played <laughs> this game in forever. It's like, oh, it's hockey. I remember why this game sucked. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's, like, fun. To, I played a bunch of it, Yeah, actually. I did, too. And, like, it's fun to play it, but it's like, all right, it's not Mario 3, you know. And, and right. I guess they already kind of slammed out the really good games. So, well, But for 20 bucks, totally pleased. Happy that they did it. Um, the fact that you got to use your phone to chit chat is a little weird. They got fig- they got to figure that out. Yep, and get uh, some way for you to hook up a headset to the Switch or yeah. whatever. We'll just start a party chat on Xbox. And yeah, put our switches on. <laughs> I know, but yeah. um, you can look on their website too because they've already announced um what's going to come out. They're they're dropping like four games a month to oh. a- add to the NES system. Oh, that's so, cool. Do you know what four games are going to be? Off the top of my head, I don't. Cause All right. They, I, they, they have almost up to the end of the year. That's rad. I didn't but know I that. But I couldn't rattle one off the top of my head. But No, that's cool. That makes me feel even better about it. And I was already happy. I just yeah. I wanted some Playing stuff. online, it's just hilarious. Like I was playing Tecmo Bowl online, killing it, and it's just, I don't know. Who would have thought? Like I was laughing. It, like who would have thought? 30 years later, I'm playing online against my friend who's at his house, Tech Mobile. Yeah. Or Mario 3. Like It's wild, man. It's it, cool, man. It's the world we live in. Yep. And, uh, you know, as far as video games go, I got one more thing. Um, arcade 1-Up cabinets. Uh, basically, some of them got uh, launched already, but most people's pre-orders got pushed back. Um basically due to pre-order sales they let way too many pre-order sales go out then then they could fill and uh arcade one up blames it on you know walmart and gamestop and those guys blame it on arcade one up so who knows what really happened but i'm one of those people who got theirs pushed back Uh, just just like most people did yeah i would say um I'm pretty sure it's like 90% of people got pushed back so that's ridiculous yeah that's a ridiculous percentage yeah um (laughs) They basically couldn't fill all the pre-orders, and that's that. So, you know, two more weeks, and, and I should have my cabinet. But cool thing is uh, Arcade 1-Up's pretty – They on their Twitter account, their Facebook account, they're pretty honest to, like, when stuff's going on. They're like, listen, we know this is going to piss you guys off, but here's here's the deal. Like, we don't yeah. got enough machines, and we're making them, and they're going to be ready in three weeks for everybody. So – you know, two more weeks now, and uh, I'll have my Rampage cabinet. But they also keep you updated with what they're doing at conventions and stuff like that. And they showed basically a picture of some covered-up cabinets and made, like, an announcement that was like, oh, these are going to be the new cabinets that we announced. But if you scroll to the bottom of the picture, you can see some of the names of the games on the bottom of the cabinet because nice. the little curtain doesn't cover everything. So... In fact, one of the games is going to be a uh, Mortal Kombat cabinet. Woo! Because you see uh, Mortal Kombat. um, You can't tell which one it is, but you can see two 
labels uh, uh, two titles of Sweet. Mortal Kombat. So, you know, the way they did the Street Fighter cabinet, we're getting a Mortal Kombat one. That's cool. Which I'm a much bigger fan of. Mm-hmm. And the other one had uh, Streets of Rage on it. Nice. Which was super cool. And uh, one other game, I forget what it was, but Streets of Rage was like, whew, that's, yeah, that's my jam. That's the jam, too, yeah. Yeah, that's a great game. So I'm super stoked for that. Not exactly what I was looking for. You know, I'm really looking for TMNT, Simpsons, and X-Men on one cabinet. Yep. I think that's uh, <laughs> that's the cabinet, right? The beat 'em up, holy grail, <laughs> right there. And I uh, hope to see it one day. And meet, you know, something with like NBA Jam on it, and some NFL Blitz or something like that. But oh, yeah. either way, super stoked for all that. And uh, man, I know that was kind of a lot, but that's that's what made me happy lately: video games and TV. And now, word on the street. Word on the street. Yeah, word on the street. Word on the street. Yeah, dude, I love that intro, brother. Um, dude, word on the street. To be totally honest, uh, wrestling's been kind of not bumming me out lately, but boring me a little bit. There's not too much going on storyline wise to really like keep me intrigued every single week. Like, yeah. oh, let me see what's gonna happen next week. Because they're really doing a lot of the same stuff over and over and over, and just dragging things on and and. If they weren't doing that, I guess I might complain that they're jumping from story to story. So I guess you can't really ever win with wrestling. (laughs) But it's just not catching my imagination right now where I'm real excited to see, like, oh, who's going to win that match next week? You know what I mean? But there are a few things that got me intrigued of what's coming in the future. I know... um, they got the big super show going on. You know, it might have already went on by the time you guys listen to this, but there's a lot of big matches on it. And most notably to me, Triple H and The Undertaker one last time. Yeah. I'm super stoked to see that. It's going to, you know, in wrestling, never say never, but they're saying this is the last time these guys are ever going to go at it one on one. Shawn Michaels in the corner of Triple H, Kane in the corner of The Undertaker. It's classic. It's got a lot of history in Mm -hmm. that match whether it's a great wrestling match it'll have a great story and great psychology so i'm super stoked to see that match um is there anything that stuck out on that show for you besides that one well some of the title matches sure um because i'm thinking all this like the lull we're at right now where everything's kind of redundant something big has got to happen that that's what i'm hoping for with the super showdown and with the what's the other one called the holy grail the india show yeah, yeah. the holy grail yeah i don't think no, it's no, really that's called the right. holy grail no, but I, you know the india show yeah something big is going to happen um so samoa joe aj styles i think they have what it takes to tear the house down it's no dq no count out for the wwe title right there that that has sparked my interest as it should for sure yeah. um you know at this point 
in his career and in, in my attentiveness to wrestling, I'm excited to see John Cena back in the ring. That's and, true. You know? Yep, I'm excited to see John, John Cena, Cena and Bobby Lashley as a team. Like, that's pretty cool. And speaking of uh, that team, you know, they're going up against um, Kevin Owens and Elias. Woo. They had a pretty good uh, little segment on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Or Heat. last week. Yeah, it was on Raw. Oh, Raw, uh, yeah. Heat magnets for sure. Like, they knew what to say to that crowd. And it was like the, the crowd came unglued, which doesn't normally happen unless it's one of those special arenas after a pay-per-view. They were basically, they were in Seattle. Yep. And uh, Kevin Owens and Elias are in the ring bashing on John Cena and Bobby Lashley. And uh, they rip on the Supersonics leaving Seattle. And the crowd boos them for, what, five minutes? Yeah. Solid five minutes to the point where Kevin Owens and Elias couldn't wait for them to stop booing. They had to continue the segment to kind of get out the things that they were supposed to and, say. And, like, yell the things <laughs> And saying. Kevin Owens screaming what he needs to say because <laughs> the crowd's booing so loud. He needs to make sure that... On TV, we hear what he has to say because he's supposed to say these things. Yeah. I thought was, that was awesome. It was phenomenal. And that's the only thing, you know, probably in a couple months that's really got me excited about wrestling. And, and that's maybe exaggerating, but that's the thing that's going to stick out on the top of my head for the next six months. Yeah. For sure, because that stuff doesn't happen every day. Right, exactly. Not even close. That does stuff doesn't even happen every year. You know, yep. you get that RAR after WrestleMania where the crowd's really wild. But we're all amped up, too, because we just saw WrestleMania and all that. Right. This was just a random thing. And people rip on the local sports teams all the time. They call that cheap heat in wrestling. Yeah. To get a good boo by, you know, if you're in New York, you say that you're a Red Sox fan. Yep. and Vice versa. And yeah, exactly. And, and that stuff is fairly common in wrestling. Super common, as a matter of fact. Pretty much every time you go to a commercial break, that's what the wrestlers are doing. It's ripping, oh, yeah. ripping on the uh, sports teams in that area. But this time, man, they really hit a nerve in Seattle because <laughs> the, they weren't having it. Nope. Man, it was awesome to see. Super cool. So like you said, uh, seeing John Cena back in the ring against those two with that kind of heat they just built over the last week or two. Yep. Great. And also, I really like what's going on with Becky Lynch right now. Uh, her character, she's that tweener heel, but she's funny. And I, I I'm like digging that. it. She's funny. She's aggressive. You know, she's pretty much just beating the crap out of Charlotte. I'm ready for that to kind of wrap up and see what she can do with other people. If she can keep it going with somebody else. Yeah. I hope so. You know, WWE sometimes drops the ball right after a, a title change like that where they, you have these great feuds going. And then they're like, all right, now let's see if you can do it with somebody else. But they don't really let Becky Lynch do Becky Lynch. Right. You know, they'll be like, okay, you're the baby face now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see what happens, but love where they're going with her. I, I would say keep her with Charlotte for a few more months. All right. Maybe, maybe even till you know, WrestleMania. Wow. And just, like, let it really pay off then. And they don't have to wrestle every time because, obviously, she has to let, you know, defend the belt to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But I think it should it should circle back to Charlotte fairly often for the next six months or so. Because who else do you really want to see in the title picture? You know, you might want to see somebody in a match, but in, like, a a legit, long, good program, like, there's nobody that I really want to see right now. I certainly don't want to see Nikki Bella in any programs right now. (laughs) And let me tell you why. I definitely don't want to see Brie either. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, both of them. And uh, 
Brie in the ring, uh, man, awful. She clean knocked out Liv Morgan in the middle of the ring. She missed two suicide dives. And everybody makes mistakes. And, and her mistakes are on TV, so they're amplified. Mm-hmm. But nothing about either one of them being back gets me excited or looks good in the ring or is selling tickets. And they're calling them legends yeah. and future Hall of Famers and stuff like that. And they, they might be, but and they, you know, they probably will be. But in my opinion, they're nowhere. They can't talk as good as Sensational Sherry. They can't wrestle as good as you know, Lita or countless other people. Molly Holly, like they're not mm-hmm. at the top of the list in anything as far as wrestling goes. In my opinion, they're they might be on a few lists, yeah. but that but not at the top and not not to be given a legend moniker yeah right now it's I, they're slamming them down our throats and they're mm-hmm. not delivering what i see when i you know hear that those tunes come on up here comes your walking commercial for total divas or total bellas like that's all it is to me you know and it, it's it's a shame too because if you see when she knocked out Liv morgan then she went for the classic like oh i'm gonna punch the opponent on the ring apron and she cocked uh ruby rye right in the face yeah like stiff it's just not smooth it's not safe it doesn't look good and i want it to be real and to be stiff but i don't want you to clean kick somebody right in the mouth like that's <laughs> not not good and it and it made it worse because the week before she tried to dump out you know dive out of the ring and almost killed herself twice twice yeah it's like let's give it up you know what i mean and yeah, i tweeted that straight up yeah you know maybe time to take that move out of the old repertoire yeah absolutely and then <laughs> for her the, sake and everyone else's sake. and them slamming the the legend moniker down our throat and yeah. really trying to push them on us i just not into it not into it at all yeah the uh, other end of it is you know breeze on both shows with daniel bryan oh yeah <laughs> excuse me and i'm not into what he's doing right now either um doesn't really excite me chase him is yeah i'm over it yeah. it was cool they had a good match but he says a lot I, I feel like daniel bryan says a lot of the same stuff like mm-hmm. if you've heard one daniel bryan promo you kind of heard them all um he talks about how he's such a tough guy and he's such a you know came up through the indies and all that stuff and so I don't know. everyone else at this point in WWE pretty much. And you know what always I loved about Daniel Bryan is that he had fire and he would really get amped up and just like go nuts in the ring. Like his baby face fire was super good and super entertaining to me. And the mm-hmm. way he'd throw his drop kicks and just slam his body onto the ground and stuff like that. I thought that was super cool. But now I don't really want to see it because I don't want him to get hurt in the ring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like. I don't know, man. To, for me, that was always his big thing. Like as soon as that, as soon as he hulked up, oh, brother, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it, it, you would see something really fiery and cool, but now I don't really want to see it. And his <laughs> and his promos aren't, you know. And it's it could be because they're making him say the same things over and over. You right. know, it might not even be his fault, but it's just ah, eh, you know, a little bit boring. I'm, I'm ready for some change. I'm ready for to see EC3. And some guys come up and work on the mic. Velveteen Dream. Yep. You know, let's thin the herd a little bit. Lars Sullivan. 
He's yeah. a beast. Maybe knock back Raw to two hours. Like, I don't think it needs to be three hours anymore. When my DVR, uh, you know, records it and it cuts out the commercials, if I catch it the next day, it's only like two hours and ten minutes. Yep. Like, there's literally 50 minutes of commercials in it. Like, oh, my God. I can't mm-hmm. even believe it. And I know you watch on Hulu. And they're cutting out the garbage. Like, how long is it when you watch it? An hour? <laughs> like, Yeah, hour and 20. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, does it really need to be this long? Are we, am I not getting something, you know, that I yeah. could be getting if it was two hours? Like, I just don't feel like there is. Um, I'm ready for a little bit of change. And it doesn't have to be a big change, but just some fresh faces, some fresh feuds, keep things exciting and, and different. And, you know, bring those NXT guys up and don't bury them. You know what I mean? That's what I'm. I think I'm looking for right now. Well, I've been actually liking the mi- mixed match challenge. I haven't watched too much of it, except for the ones that they show on Raw and SmackDown. You get a few of those here or there now. Yeah, so it's after SmackDown. It's on Facebook Watch. What I like about it, it's almost like it. It is the dark match after the TV tapings, and the wrestlers kind of are more of themselves. You know? Yeah. And the what weird is the the ring is mic'd, so you can hear what they're saying. So they're doing a lot of banter, but it's pretty funny. And so um, the Carmella team with the Truth Fabulous Truth, yeah, they, they were in there. And in the middle, or maybe not Fabulous Truth, they, someone was in the ring, and the crowd was just chanting for a dance break. Yeah, just like on Truth TV. Yeah. So I actually believe it was um, Uso Uso Glow. So, you know, they were dancing, and then Lana started dancing, and then, then there's Rusev breaking it down. Like, <laughs> and for what it was worth, I was smiling because I'm like, it's entertaining. It's the Mixed Match Challenge. They're not fighting for titles. Like, sure. you know, the banter was cool. Like, you know, they, they were funny. You know Rusev can be funny. Yeah, and dark and, matches are great when you're at the show So, so because of that. Right. They're being themselves, and they're just trying to entertain you. And it really comes off on the Mix Max Challenge. So I don't mind watching that. It's pretty cool. Cool, man. I'll have to check a little bit of that out. Anything else, I, you know, right off the bat that you can think of that's, uh, you know, entertaining you in the current wrestling world? Yeah, sure. Uh, Cody Rhodes won the NWGP United States title. So now he has that. And the NWA world title. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. He's a big dog walking around these days, He's strutting carrying, his stuff, carrying for sure. all that weight. Like <laughs> that, oh, yeah. that's for sure, man. Um, you know, he's big dogging it, and they got the big NWA um, pay per view coming up. Mm-hmm. I like what they're doing with it. I'm interested to see it. Um, I might not watch it that night, but I'll catch clips of it and stuff sure, like that sure. when they come out. They're going to do uh, NWA championship, you know, rematch against Magnus, best out of three falls. Yep. Very NWA-ish. You know, that was always a big deal back yeah. in the day. And, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to see what happens with the NWA, to be honest with you. It's a lot of history in wrestling. And I think we need a little, you know, something else. I, I've been watching Impact here or there, mm-hmm. mostly because when I'm done watching Raw, it like kicks on or SmackDown, it, it kicks on. The ne- it's the next thing on my DVR oh, okay, or whatever. Yep. Um, but the more I sit down and watch it, the more I'm entertained. It's uh, a lot more swearing and you know, kind of attitude, attitude era ish. That's what it really reminds me of is the Attitude Era. Um, female wrestlers being a little more sexy and then some of them are really good wrestlers they, they have a little bit of everything 
you know, to where it's not the Attitude Era where it's like total trash, you know, right. all the time. But they got the the stuff that we like about wrestling now and the stuff we liked about mm-hmm. wrestling in the 90s. That's not so. what that one girl can do with a promo and a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, bringing sexy back. <laughs> yeah. That, that's her gimmick. And, yeah. that, and that's, uh, I think it's cool, man. I think it's good. I'm. I'm all for more wrestling for everybody. And I think, you know, all these other companies are really taking off. I mean, we've been watching New Japan over the last year, which five years ago, I, you know, I, I knew what New Japan was, but I, right. I wouldn't watch any of it. You know what I, I mean? There wasn't a buzz like there is now. Yeah. Now, you know, now I want to see all these old matches and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that, you know, people rave about. So, man, I'm stoked for how everywhere else in the wrestling world is going, you know, in the directions that it's headed. I think it's cool, man. All right, man. You ready to jump into Mike's Man Town? For sure. Let's do it. Right, welcome to my man town. So today we're gonna play a game that I used to love playing as a kid because it was brutal and badass. It's called Mutant Chronicles Doom Troopers. You can get it on the Genesis or the Super Nintendo. I always used to play it on Super Nintendo, but I have it on the Genesis now. So this game, after doing my research, and I'm actually kind of uh, thrilled. It's based off a card game, like a board card game. And I didn't know that was a thing. I just knew it as the game. So pretty much this game, it's in the future. It's side-scrolling like Contra. But the gore factor of this game is ridiculous. You have enemies, like we'll say, in the trees. You shoot them, and they're hanging by their face until they fall to the ground into a bloody mess. What? Yeah. (laughs) So you could be two characters, and you can do co-op two-player. Um, so you have the American looking brute all jacked up with the BFG in his hand. And then you have the alien race. Who's like a lizard man. He's the guy I always pick. He has two twin gats, like going back and forth. It's one of those games where you can pretty much shoot in almost any direction, like up diagonal down. And you pretty much just run to the right and shoot everything you can and try not to die. And the levels are different planets. So this game, as a kid, I had to get my parents permission to rent games. Now, I don't know if you all remember renting games and (laughs) hoping that the game was there behind the thing. But my dad was cool about it. And they were like, yeah, whatever. He's not going to, like, stab someone (laughs) because of a video game. He's not going to go buy two nines. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, run around in a trench coat. (laughs) And that's funny because the character does wear a trench coat. Yeah. But anyway... That's Mike's Man Town for this week. Check it out. Mutant Chronicles Doom Troopers. That sounds sick, and I am going to check it out. All right, Smashers, let's jump into uh, Ian's Clicks Tips. And I got a good one for you today. And, 
you know, to give you a little background on this figure, I got a DC Comics Hawkman and Hawk Girl, and this came, you know, from a special place in the HeroClix world. And you know, not everybody knows this, but each year the world champion of the you know the HeroClix World Championships gets to create their own figure that will be put out in, you know, a future set. Maybe not the next set that comes out, but a set that's relevant to it, depending on which character you pick. So there is also uh, the Team Hero Clicks World Championships, where, you know, it's a two-on-two, I don't want to say Battle Royale style, but like tag team style. So these, you know, this year, well, last year, the two guys that won the team championship, world championships, created this Hawkman and Hawk Girl Hero Clicks uh, figure and dial. You get to create the dial, the the figure, kind of design it, get it drawn up, and really get to go all out with it. You know, they might make some changes from what you pick to kind of make the the figure balance for the rest of the game. They can't put out a figure that's going to totally annihilate everything else. It's got to be reasonably set up. But yeah, man, if you win the World Championships of HeroClix, you get to design your own figure. And uh one Sweet. one dude made one where it's him sitting in a chair and Harley Quinn's giving him a lap dance. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like not a really good figure. Because uh, they didn't really want people to use it in competitive play and stuff like that too much. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, made it a little more dumbed down than I'm sure he originally wanted. But, yeah. Um, what, do you have a boner in the original one? <laughs> yeah, he was just sitting in a chair. Can't use that one. Yeah, just sitting in a chair. He probably made it super powerful, and they're like, oh, okay, oh, all right. We don't want you to use My it. My mind was going the other yeah, way. My bad. Yeah, yeah so anyway, uh, Hawkman and Hawk Girl. This figure came out in uh, Avengers Infinity, which was a super cool set because every little booster box came with a colossal figure, which is super cool and different as far as the HeroClix world goes. They have, um, you know, some really good uh, traits and things that go along with them. Just to uh, fire one off, that's I feel is most important. It's called uh, Eternal Love and Eternally Cursed. At the beginning of your turn. You can turn uh, Hawkman and Hawk Girl's dial to the same click number of a different color. So basically, what that means is Hawk Girl has her own set of uh, dials and numbers, and Hawkman has his own set of dials and numbers, each with different powers and abilities and things that they do. So whatever is relevant to what you're trying to do in that turn, whichever dial more helps you out, you can switch to that one on the opposite that click number on the opposite dial. So. Basically, there's six click spots on each dial. If you're on click one on Hawk Girl at the beginning of your turn, but you're like, oh, Hawkman's really got the power that I want to use this turn, boom, you can click it to click one on Hawkman, and you're good to go. Another cool thing about it is um, you can, in fact, when you die, say, on Hawkman, somebody knocks you out, you can put it on click one of Hawk Girl, and now you just can't switch back and forth anymore. You have to stay on Hot Girl for the rest of the time. So essentially, you're going to get 12 clicks of, or 10 clicks of life, sorry, through the whole dial, which is a huge amount for the 125 point value that you're going to pay to play the figure. And I think it's a really good figure, dude. It's I use it a lot in uh, my homebrew game with my wife, and and 
you know, they both have basically the same type of dials as far as numbers. You're going to get 10 speed, you know, through most of the dial, 11 attack and 18 defense, which is fairly common and, you know, not too overpowered, but not weak by any means. Three damage through the whole dial, which is super helpful these days, especially with Batman Animated Series coming out and having the low point dials, uh, you know, in the low amount of clicks. You can you could slam through, uh, you know, an opponent's figure in two turns and, you know, really get get things done. I really like how you can switch between the dials and pick the powers you want to use and tear your opponent up little by little and and really, you know, pick how you want to play. That's a super cool thing to me to choose how you want to play the figure and everybody's going to do it different and you're going to play it different every time you do. So, if you're looking for, you know, a fun figure that's, you know, not too expensive and can really help out your game as far as, you know, an Avengers style team goes, check out Hawkman Hawk Girl number 60 from Avengers Infinity. Feature presentation. All right, underdog movie of the week. We had a good one for you guys. I hope everybody checked it out. Mallrats, 1995 classic. Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, mm-hmm. Mallrats. This is probably one of my favorite Kevin Smith movies, and there's a lot of good ones. I mean, Clerks 2 is probably the most hilarious. But yeah. this was, like, before you could say a lot of the stuff that you could say in Clerks sure. too. You know, you had to be a little more under the radar with your jokes if you wanted to, you know, get in the movie theaters and stuff like that and, you know, have people be allowed to watch your movie, basically. Um, so I think it's cool, like, all the underlying, underlying tone yes. that you get in the movie. This is a great movie for me. Um, super underrated in my opinion because it's not something that you hear about i think kevin smith's an underrated you know writer and director i don't think he's somebody that you hear about a lot yeah that's very true i think in your our circle he's somebody who's well known but i think in general if you walk down the street and asked how many people like kevin smith movies they'd be like who Right. You know what I mean? Um, so the guy from comic book guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, dude, it came out in 1995, um, directed by Kevin Smith. Obviously, he stars in it, Silent yep. Bob. Um, you get a lot of famous people in this movie. When you watch it back and you, like, realize how many people are in this movie and how young they look. Oh, yeah. It's totally wild. Um, Sh- Shannon Doherty's in it. Jason Lee, you know, professional skater yeah. and friend of Kevin Smith, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Gets his uh, big kickoff, you know, not his first movie because obviously Kevin Smith's put him in movies before, but my, like a leading role yes, type yes. in the movie. Brody Mann. Yeah, dude, he took off after this. I mean, Ben Affleck when he looks so young in this. <laughs> and, uh, that asshole from Fashionable Male. Yeah, totally. <laughs> dude, um, you know, I... There's countless other people in this movie that you're going to recognize from comedies for the next 20 years. And from comic book movies. Yeah. Michael Rooker. Absolutely. Yondu. That's a good point. Yeah. Would you like a chocolate-covered pretzel? (laughs) Ooh. I think think I would. (laughs) Yeah, dude. um, There's a lot of cool lines in it. Definitely, um, I would say, uh, you know, 
box office flop. As a matter of fact, uh, the budget on the movie was about six million, and I'm pretty sure they only made like two in the box office. So mm. that's a huge flop. But this has become a cult classic throughout the years. It's definitely one of those movies that you're you're always going to see in the cheap bin at Walmart. You know what I mean? On that like six ninety nine line of movies because. It's not super great, and they can't charge a ton of money for it, but it's always there because obviously they sell it. Yeah. You know, people dig it. People love it. Um, I mean, in my opinion, that alone, the fact that it only made a third of the money it cost to make, makes it an underdog movie. And, yeah. uh, dude, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, me too. It's one of the movies that I actually have the movie poster in my man town. Oh, awesome. I have a couple movie posters in my man town, and Mallrats is definitely one of them. That's great. So, I mean, we could talk a little bit about the story. Yeah, man. Speaking of mall rats, I mean, if you don't know what a mall rat is, someone who just hangs out at the mall all the time. <laughs> so, you got your main character trying to uh, get back with his girlfriend, pretty much. Yep. And then a bunch of crazy hijinks inside the mall go down he's looking for his girlfriend then you run into jay and silent bob who you have met in clerks at this point so you know who they are you know what they're about you know they're about the berserker and schnickney schnickney schnoims and all that good stuff yeah um the classic phrases that we get for the next five movies from these guys oh yeah. you know schnoogans yep you know um so they jay and silent bob get hired to hijack Brandy, who is the love interest, she's on a show, not hosted by her dad, but put together by her dad. Uh, He's running it. It's a show in the mall. It's a bachelor show. So Jane and Silent Bob are hired to ruin that. Yeah. And And she's basically like the girl who, you know, choosing between three different guys who are like answering questions. What was that show called? Do you remember? No. Uh, There was a show on TV and it's like. The match game or something? Yes, I was going to say, like, matching game or something like that, yeah. yeah. Suitor number one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and they're behind the screen. They can't see the girl, but the girl can't see them either. And, yeah, and she all has three to guys pick. totally look like serial killers on the real <laughs> show. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite parts is just the little scenes of, you know, Jay and Silent Bob's blueprints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we got to get up there and pull the pin. I'd go... But I can't because I hurt my back humping your mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Just like we said. What are we going to do about security? Well, we got them really high with a fat chronic blunt. <laughs> you know? La They don't know La is. <laughs> I'm going to hit them with a sack full of quarters. <laughs> like like you guys can see, um, a lot of our underdog movies, the movies we love, are ones you can quote over and over and over again. And even though, like Ian's saying with the proof, it flopped in the box office, we're still talking about it today. Uh, so do yourself a favor. You want a good laugh? Check out Mallrats. Yeah, Mallrats. Kevin, any Kevin Smith movie, as a matter of fact. But Mallrats is going to be a classic of the group for sure. So enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Tell me what time it is. The main event. 
All right, and it's time. It's time for the main event. The reason why everybody's here to analyze the greatest matches of all time with your hosts, Ian and Mike Moran, in the main event of WPC Smash. My favorite part of the show every single week, and I'm super stoked because we got a hell of a match for you here today. Probably one of the bloodiest matches in WWE recent history, at least. Yeah. And maybe in history in general. It's a slobber knocker for sure. Absolutely. Um, I tell you what, these guys are both tougher than a $2 steak. Mm-hmm. That's for damn sure. We got John Cena versus JBL, Judgment Day, 2005, in an I Quit match. John Cena walking in as the champ. He got his little spinner belt going on. It's very recently debuted. Mm -hmm. And um, JBL had just lost the title recently, and and he held it for quite some time at this point. Yep, he had the longest record in 10 years. Which is a big deal in the WWE, especially Mm -hmm. for... JBL, who was kind of a journeyman through WWE. Um, I don't want to say a journeyman wrestler, but he held several different positions in the WWE, whether it was John Bradshaw Layfield, um, you know, a member of the APA with Farouk, yep. and um, Blackjack. the new Blackjacks. Yeah. Yep. Cool, man. Justin like, Hawk Bradshaw. Yeah, we got a young John Cena at this point in 2005. Um He's definitely gained tons of momentum at this point, but he's not superstar, Hall of Famer, possibly in the conversation for greatest of all time, John Cena at this point. Um, but he's this well is the beginning on, of it. He's well on his way, absolutely. Before we even knew what we were getting, this was his first title run. So, like you said, John Cena wins the WWE title at WrestleMania 21 that year from JBL. Then uh, on SmackDown, they have a tournament to decide the number one contender. But that tournament just goes awry with DQs and false finish countouts. So there ends up being a fatal four-way, which JBL wins. And now JBL hates John Cena, hates what he stands for, the youth movement, if you will, hates the spinner belt. So JBL is carrying, <laughs> carrying around the traditional undisputed championship that was of that time saying he is the true champion and he never lost a title, which he obviously lost the one, two, three straight up. But <laughs> yeah. So you, you might be confused when you see JBL walk into this match <laughs> holding the undisputed title. That's a good point. Good point. Um, so Cena's walking in as the clear baby face. Like you said, the young upstart, everybody's into Cena at this point. JBL, the super heel, the bitter old man that doesn't want to let go and takes it so far, as you said, to carry around the old title. And, you know, I love it. Cole and Taz on commentary at this point, which was one of the most underrated commentary duos, in my opinion, in WWE history. Everybody talks about Cole and and, um, Jerry Lawler and Cole, I mean, uh, Lawler and JR, some combination of those three guys. And then if you even go older, you know, people might say Gordon Soley and and even, you know, farther back. But nobody talks about Cole and Taz. And in my opinion, they they did a great job for many years on SmackDown. So we get these guys, you know, giving us the, you know, 
backlog of everything that's going on and how we got to this point, very much like you just did, which was perfect. I love JBL in the heel role. Uh, I thought he was super great at it. I thought this is really when JBL kind of came into the zone as far as a character and really just let loose. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, he JBL got his limo entrance, which uh, ended up becoming kind of famous and sort of his gimmick in big matches, mm -hmm. which were, you know, the limo with the big, uh, the steer horns on the front, yep. whatever, you'd, whatever you'd call those. Went out from Texas, so we don't we don't have nothing around here that has horns that big on it. But um, so we get that, and uh, John Cena makes his entrance on the trailer with a DJ playing playing his music, and uh, it's pulled out by a tr you know a tricked out semi with pyro shooting off the trailer and all Crazy. that stuff. Yeah, they make a big deal out of this match for Judgment Day. This is usually yeah. the kind of thing they hold off for like a WrestleMania or a Royal Rumble, Survivor Series type match. But they lay it all out mm -hmm. there for this Judgment Day pay-per-view, which I thought was super cool. And they're pushing out the John Cena CD, which it had recently re released. So he dropped the Doctor of Thugonomics jams. He's coming out to his now infamous, your time is up, my time is now. But that was the big hit. So I think that had a lot to do with the old semi and everything. Hey, man, I thought it was a really cool entrance, and I didn't remember it at all. I remembered this match and what happens at the end, mm -hmm. but I didn't remember, you know, how big the entrance was and mm -hmm. stuff like that, and I, I dug it. It made the pay-per-view feel huge. Yeah. And that's what you want out of a pay-per-view. It should feel huge. Cena walking on JBL's limo was pretty sweet. Yeah. And the reaction that uh, Cole and Taz, oh, you don't do that to another man's car. Yeah, <laughs> disrespecting his ride. Cena, um, you know, has got the crowd all over him. Everybody's mm -hmm. super pro Cena at this point. Cena looks serious after he, you know, does his little entrance in. He really turns on the serious look and, and lets you know that um, he's ready for a fight. You know, even though he's the doctor of thugonomics and, and rapping and doing all that kind of stuff. And he's got the CD coming out, you know, that just came out and stuff like that. But he knows, you know, as soon as he starts walking towards the ring that this is serious business and JBL's no joke. So I like that. JBL stands in the ring the whole time looking like a bitter old man. And he looks like he's ready for a fight, too. It made me feel it gave me that big fight feel that these guys are about to get down. And uh, and they certainly do. Um, you know, it's neither of these guys are playing around, and JBL uh, lost to Cena after you you said is hit the longest title reign in ten years. So it, there's a lot of meaning behind the match as well. Yeah, Two hundred and eighty days. That's a tough pill to swallow, especially for JBL who'd been in the business for many many years. Mm -hmm. Finally got to that point, and then you know came the time where he had to hand hand over the torch. And I'm sure he didn't like it in real life. You know what I mean? That he had to hand it over, and especially since he was so good at what he did yep. at that present time. It must have been a tough pill for him to swallow. And, and you can tell that uh, that they're ready to go. It was the first I Quit title match since uh, The Rock and Mankind. Yeah, and nobody, Royal Rumble. And nobody quit in that match. So I mm -hmm. thought that was a cool little statistic. You know, it's not a type of match that they're throwing out all the time. And the last one wasn't really – nobody said I quit for real. You know what I mean? So we're really hoping that we're going to get a finish in this match. But with the shenanigans we saw in The Rock Mankind, you're wondering <laughs> if JBL's got something up his sleeve yeah, or something like thing. that. Yep. 
it's a physical start to the match. Um, old school headlocks, arm bars, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They really work the wrestling. And um, Cena does a blatant neck choke, which you wouldn't see these days at all. And I mean, this is in 2005, and I would have thought that a neck choke would have been out of the question at this point. Yep. So I was super surprised when I saw that rewatching this match. Um, the match qu- quickly gets taken to the outside into the crowd. Again, something that you never see in the WWE these days. I thought that was cool. I, it really felt like this match right off the bat was super edgy, even for the time at you know in 2005 where that stuff wasn't really going on all the time anymore. Yeah, for sure. And it, it didn't take long to get rough outside. But some of the notes I had for inside the ring, like, I don't know if I just never put it together, but JBL is a big dude. Like, yeah. he's a big guy. And Cena at this point is looking super energetic. If you look at the way he leaps off the top rope as high as he could for that axe handle, like, you don't see that. Like, he does the little famouser off the top rope, but, like, he is leaping as high as he can. Yeah. I like the energy. And something else I noticed, though, um, you could clearly see JBL calling the match. Uh, like, he didn't have his long hair to kind of cover. Oh, yeah. And, like, I, that was just something I noticed. But, like you said, um, so it didn't take long to get rough. And that, so now, at this point, we're in the crowd and we're starting to scrap. Yeah, JBL gives Cena a pretty sweet neck breaker on the cement, you know, in the crowd, mm-hmm. which I thought was super cool. Um, JBL and Cena, you know, they're getting really stiff at this point. And JBL's known for that, and I I love to see it. I want to see that, uh, you know, strong style, yep. you know, rough Texan style uh, match that's going on. And we get it for sure, you know. JBL uh, clears the Spanish announce table and uh, grabs a belt and uses it to choke Cena around the ring post. Another thing. That yeah. you will not see these days. The match is full of stuff. Like, they must have really got the okay to let loose in this match because you would never see anybody choked with a belt around a ring post these days. I loved it. I thought it was an awesome spot to see, and especially since we don't see it anymore. You know, it meant that much more to me to watch this match and to see that. And I was, like, legitimately sitting there like, oh, yeah, you know, got really, really into it. Cena breaks free and they head to the announce tables. JBL teases um, giving Cena a power bomb through the announce table, but Cena reverses it into a backdrop and JBL takes the bump. Um, I thought it was a great spot that looked cool. The table collapses hard for some good effect. There's no crash pads under Mm-mm. the table at this point in time. The tables aren't made to collapse. Uh, I thought it was great, man. I thought it looked good. A little bit predictable, but. Really, really cool. It almost looked like JBL landed a little funny. Yeah. And you, again, can clearly see him drop an F-bomb. Yeah. yeah. And my next note is JBL doesn't land clean in the middle, but more on the side, which looks more painful in my Mm -hmm. opinion. You know, just like you brought up. So that's something that when you're watching this match and you're looking, you see it and you respect that that, that that was a tough bump that he took right there. Um, as they get up, JBL drills Cena with a vicious chair shot. Unprotected. Puts a huge dent in the chair. I don't remember Cena taking unprotected chair shots like that. And, I uh, mean, I'm watching this match, and I'm, all the things that I've already seen in this first five minutes, I'm like, wow, we would never see anything like this. You know, this is 
the perfect match to be talking about on the pod. Yep. And uh, we got and, vulgar language, brutal, vicious moves and chair shots, choking, belts. Yeah. You know, awesome, awesome stuff, man. Um, Cena finally uh, stirs, and we can see that it, he's covered in blood. And it's so bad uh, that it's already running all the way down his chest. Yeah, like, he it's not is just, leaking. Yeah, it's not trickling down his face. It's pouring down his face to his chest. He's covered in covered in blood. And like you said, he's leaking blood. Yeah, I've always thought that JBL gave the most brutal chair shot in WWE. Like when he was in the APA, whether it was the Acolytes or the you know APA Protection Agency... He, I always thought, just gave the most brutal chair shots. I mean, he's right up there with a Balls Mahoney chair shot, honestly. Yeah, he's one of the most uh, stiff guys that was consistently in WWE. I mean, we saw, you know, Stan Hansen coming in out here or there to do a match, but, like, a guy who stuck around for 10, 12 years or however long it was, he's probably the most stiff guy that yeah. was consistently around all the time. That's true. And consistently gave that, st- you know... Whether he was giving you a clothesline or a chair shot, like you mentioned, it was gonna hurt. He wanted it to look real, and it and it felt real. I'm sure when these guys are taking these moves, um, JBL drills Cena with the st- with the steel steps, and I mean Cena, I can't understate this as much. Is covered in blood. Yeah, the amount of blood, like seriously, I was a little uncomfortable. Like I was starting to feel bad for Cena. Like, dude, can he even see? No, he I'm, couldn't have. I mean, I know I can't see him, but with his blood like that, could he even see? It was like a borderline ridiculous amount of blood. Yeah, because he doesn't want to wipe it away and take away the effect and all that right. stuff. So he's just letting it pour and he's not wiping it out of his eyes. JBL works over Cena in the ring after this with some brutal clotheslines. Like, the, like we mentioned, he's known for, mm-hmm. which I, you know, Cena's taking a beating. And like you said, I'm starting to feel bad for him at this guy. Um, at this time, JBL chokes Cena with his own bling, as uh, Cena would call it. <laughs> Takes off those big chains that uh, Cena leaves in the corner of the ring and, and chokes the shit out of him with them. Um, again, I got another note. Cena's pouring a ridiculous <laughs> amount of blood. I'm sure Vince McMahon's in the back, like, concerned at this point. Um, JBL gives Cena a low blow. And JBL berates Cena on the mic, screaming for him to quit. JBL calls Cena a punk-ass bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's insane. Vulgar, man. And I crack up because, again, this is nothing you would see today. (laughs) And and this is, like we said a million times already, this is in 2005. This is in 1984. You know, Mm -hmm. for him to pick up the mic and call him a punk-ass bitch while he's pouring blood. And they've already (laughs) choked each other and ripped each other with chair shots. Brutal, absolutely brutal. Um, the true meaning of a crimson mask is on John Cena, and it's been there for a while. Um, Cena gives JBL an FU, which is, you know, super quick mm-hmm. and right there. And uh, this was before uh, they called it the attitude adjustment, it was the FU. And um, JBL rolls out and uh, chucks Cena the bird. (laughs) And uh, he walks down the ramp. They uh, exchange moves on the hood of the limo, destroying the car and each other. JBL starts uh, choking Cena again with an electrical cable this time. (laughs) I I thought it was a sweet effect because uh, 
JBL ripped the cable from a TV and we got sparks yep. and stuff like that. Yep. I mean, pop the breakers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that was super cool, man. The TV doesn't do that these days, and uh, that was probably a little bit set up, but it, it, it looked was cool. It looked great, you know, great enough for me to be like, "That's cool. I'm gonna write that down." <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, really great match so far. Stiff. You feel bad for the baby face exactly like you should. You feel like the heels being too brutal exactly like you should. I mean, they these two guys, both of them got me. Mm-hmm. They got me going right now. I, I want to see what happens. And, and I want John Cena to, to get him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. At this point. Give him his. Yeah. Um, Cena puts JBL's face uh, to the screen that he pulled the cord from. And uh, puts his face right through the uh, glass of the TV. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you can use sugar glass all you want, but that still looks like it hurts to me, man. Yep. Um, JBL starts gushing blood himself. So now they're both pouring blood. Pouring blood. Yeah. And uh, Cena slams JBL through the limo window. Thought that was awesome. Yep. Probably one of the first times we really saw like somebody break a car window with a, uh, you know, somebody's face, you know, not just like the back, like yeah. they like, stroll into it, suplex. slam their back right. into it, or yeah, like you said, a suplex. That's a good point. Um, both men climb on top of the uh, limo, and JBL takes a suplex on the roof. I thought that looked pretty good, and uh, then JBL tries to climb in the limo. But Cena grabs him and uh, throws him into the open door twice, like starts slamming the door, like uh, into the door the opposite way. Like he's slamming JBL into the door so it opens farther, Mm -hmm. breaks it off the hinges basically, and uh, Cena hulks up and rips the door off the rest of the way. I thought that was pretty cool, like... Showing like a aggression, even more of an aggression and ruthless and, yeah, aggression. Showing that side, absolutely, man. Um, After getting the shit kicked out of him, yeah, right on. <laughs> they uh, make their way to the truck bed, and uh, Cena DD uh, takes a DDT on the truck bed. I mean, all this stuff is no mats, no yeah. BS, no nothing. Looks great. Both men are covered in blood, and they've clearly lost a lot of it. Yeah. Between the two of them. Blood's everywhere. You don't see that kind of stuff at all. Um, JBL clears off the DJ equipment. and ever, ever, uh, ever. Remix. <laughs> and then he uh, climbs the PA, and he chokes Cena again with some audio cables. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely brutal Going to the stuff. well too many times. <laughs> yeah. The, the His neck or, is too strong, JBL. <laughs> the fourth or fifth time along. Yeah, I get, I get that. Um, Cena finally fights back, and JBL takes a bump from the PA through a table. The table that had all the DJ equipment on it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Thought that was cool. And uh, Cena rips the exhaust uh, stack from the truck cab, yeah. basically, at this point. And uh, he holds it over his head to hit JBL. and uh, To impale JBL. Yeah, right. to basically, yeah. <laughs> Put it through him like you'd see in a B-rated horror movie. Yeah, some Mortal Kombat stuff. Yeah. Um, so, to paint the picture a little bit, JBL's bumped through the table. He's basically, you know, sitting up a little bit, trying to uh, get his composure, pouring blood. 
seen his pouring blood standing over JBL with a giant exhaust pipe from a tricked out 18 wheeler, ready to like stab right through the dude's heart and like, you know, make Play Doh <laughs> circles out of his body. And uh, JBL immediately grabs the mic and screams, I quit. Seen his music hits, and uh, instead of walking away, he like drives JBL through uh, some glass staging. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that really brought out his aggression that he didn't really have up until this match. Yep. He was always, you know, the baby face, smart talker, good wrestler, decent wrestler. And uh, but this really gave him that ruthless aggression that, you know, Vince McMahon wanted him to have. Um, it also really shows uh, the level that JBL brought out of Cena. Because I don't think we ever saw Cena have a match like that that really gave you everything. You know, that was... If Cena had a match like that on Raw this week, nobody would ever scream, Cena sucks again. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you you wouldn't get those chants because he does everything that you want him to do, and at the end, you feel bad for him and you want him to win. I had that exact note. Honestly, when the day comes that John Cena goes into the Hall of Fame, he needs to thank JBL for this match. I think you're absolutely right. That's a good point. Um, it wasn't babyface John Cena the whole match. It was aggressive John Cena. Mm-hmm. But I'm still the babyface because I'm still telling the story. This was a fantastic match. Um, Cena retains the title. The spinner belt rules on for another couple of years. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, it becomes such a popular item that people keep it even after John, John Cena, Cena loses right. the title. They were just selling so many replicas. Probably my favorite JBL match of all time. And quite possibly yeah. my favorite Cena match, but he's had so many of them, it'd be really hard to pick. Yeah. You know, he's had do the, some a, research. a lot of moments. Mm-hmm. But for JBL especially, um, man, this put him over the top to me as not just like a bully that can crush people in the ring and make you like him that way. As uh, somebody who could do all those things and look really good and be stiff but still lose at the end and you respect him yep. when he walks out of the you know walks out of there and you're kind of like oh Cena did you really need to put him through that staging at the end you know what i mean like i don't know man it was so many mixed emotions watching this whole match and i loved it it was the perfect main event in my opinion for sure man i i feel the exact same way just seeing how JBL he just showed how much of a veteran he really was whether you noticed it or not i mean a lot of people were just wrapped up in the fact that he was such a jerk in the wrestling god but i mean the term putting him over he definitely excelled cena and and he stamped cena as a main event player within this match yeah man john cena can thank jbl for getting it really kick-started and like you said in his hall of fame speech i think he should great main event i hope you guys enjoyed watching it I certainly enjoyed watching it again, and, and I might watch it again in the near future just to get that vibe that I felt watching it one more time, you know, um, of John Cena really taking off as a as a superstar. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, I, that's all I can say about it. I, I just really hope everybody enjoyed watching it. And, and we got a killer match for you uh, coming up next week or next episode. Um, Mike, why don't you tell them what you picked? I picked Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle. Two out of three falls from Judgment Day 2001. 
Now it's a two out of three falls match with different stipulations. I'm going to leave that to be a surprise. I want everyone to go and check that out. Check the match out. Is the WPC Brain Buster? Let's meet today's contestants. An X-Men collecting father of two, whose wrestling knowledge is so great. May the force be with you. The Commissioner, Ian. From the age of six, he's been saving princesses from castles. His heroes are grown men in spandex. This is Mike. All right, Schwab, and we finally got the Brain Buster. And this is the one, my friend. This is the one where I finally get even or start my ascent to getting even because it'll take me quite a few episodes to get even. <laughs> but uh, this one's a little bit different than, you know, the questions I would normally pull. So eh, let me see what you got. When uh, JBL was... Originally billed as Bradshaw before the JBL gimmick even took place was even a thought. He was Bradshaw, one of the one of the uh, new Blackjacks or just plain Hawk Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. Um, where was he billed from? So where was JBL billed from when he when he was Bradshaw before the JBL gimmick even took place? They said it every single time he came out, and you've probably seen it 50 times. Yep. I'm just thinking. Yeah. I know we had a manager, too. He that, had a lot of different incarnations, like we talked that's about what's bringing before. It in my head. When he was Justin Hawk, yep. he came out with, uh, what's his name? It was um, Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel, yeah. yeah. After the uh, Puerto Rican tour that Dutch <laughs> spent so many years down there, man. He came back to the WWE and. Yeah, Justin Hawk right. Bradshaw was I one got of his it. boys. Go you ahead. ready to fall off your chair? Yeah. Sweetwater, Texas. <laughs> it is Sweetwater, Texas. God damn. Another kick out. I would like to say I'm surprised, but I'm really not. I'm more annoyed at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I have to paint the picture and like remember what his entrance was. Yeah. Like the the fact that you were like you've probably seen it fifty times and heard it, so that's what was like because if I was trying to like quick do it, I probably would have got it. I would have said Houston, Texas, because I yeah. No, he's from around there. But then I started thinking about Uncle Jeb or whatever he was called back yeah. then. Playing the whole scenario and, in your yeah, head. Yeah, he came out with the cowbell and, and the duster. and Yep. Yeah, man, you got it. Things. It was Sweetwater, Texas, brother. boy on the kickout, man. And Whew. Dude, another hell of an episode as usual. I hope everybody enjoys. Check out the main event for the next episode coming up. And, and Smashers, you know, hit us up on Twitter and on iTunes if there's anything that you want to hear or see or wherever you're downloading your podcast. Get in contact with us at WPC Smash and just let us know what you're looking for in a main event. And we'll, we'll do it. We'll keep the good times rolling, baby. Give the people a too sweet. Too sweet.
You can find us on Twitter at WPCSmash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother. 